old school. Dan Dan doesn't have a computer. He's just got a printer. Dude, that's how TFIP runs, dude. Uh, <laughs> scratch piece of paper, dude. Have you been looking for a business podcast with hosts and guests who don't have a stick up their ass? Yeah, I said it. Damn! Well, if so, welcome to your new home, brother. Brother. This is My Fence Life. Woo! Our three passions are beer, bourbon, and business. And probably in that order. We're bringing on business owners who share tips, tricks, and behind-the-scenes stories to help your business be more successful. And we drink during the show. So no matter what industry you're in, pop a cold one and come on in. Welcome to the My Fence Life Studio. What's up, Fence Lifers? I got old Dan Wheeler, Wheelie boy, crayon boy. What's happening, man? Dan, what's up with you, man? I'm living life. Saturday, just got done cleaning the fence uh, and doing some paperwork. Man, I've been doing paperwork all morning, bro. All morning. So. That other half of the, the world that we live in, dude. Yeah, man. I've been updating prices. Um, just made a big inventory deal. Prices changed. And once we plug them into a spreadsheet, it automatically puts up how much each section costs. So then I had to go in Job Nemesis and just update all that, update our templates. Everybody's on track. Takes a little bit of time, but it keeps us profitable. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm hmm. Wait, man, I'm giving you this call today because um, I saw in on Facebook and you were in the comments. So you and I were kind of talking about it yesterday. And I was like, hey, we need to do a show about it. But somebody was complaining about um, low ball pricing. They're like, man, how can, how can a guy do a price? Like, I'll give you a fine, fine example, right? We had a job at uh, 6400 Guy called up and said, oh, I got a job for two thousand dollars less i'm like what you know 45 we were 64 they were 45 mm-hmm. you know so i go back look at my cost and, and so forth and it's like there's no way you know but i know what's happening there's guys out there that are starting to lowball things because things are getting tight man mm-hmm. you know and so, you know, I was thinking about it. You and I were chatting about it yesterday. So I put some notes together, and I, I sent them over to you. Uh, you got them, right? You printed them out? Yep, of course. Old school. Dan Dan doesn't have a computer. He's just got a printer. Dude, that's how TFIP runs, dude. Scratch uh, <laughs> piece of paper, dude. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're going to have a part, two parts here, man, because we got a lot of a lot of ground to cover. So, how about we just cover the first part, which is going to be the immediate effects of lowballing jobs and the long term effects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first immediate effect is is what cash flow. Yep, keeps it great. Yep, yeah, there's a great influx of cash flow. Am I right? Right. But uh, you know, lower prices, you know, they. They might, they might attract more customers initially, but really leading to increased sales and cash flow to overcome immediate bills and ex- expenses is really all that does. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah, it's, it's not a per. It's not sustainable. When my, my years at John Deere, we always talk about 5S, and one thing that always stood out to me that applied to everything, Dan, is, is it sustainable? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's uh, 
Um, well, the cash flow thing, you know, it helps, but dude, is it sustainable long term? It's one of those things, dude, and it's not. So, what is that S word you say? Sustainable. Okay, I just one of the biggest words I've ever seen you or heard you say is I just had to get you to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll write it down and email it to you, Dan. You can use it every once in a while on your podcast. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll work on that. <laughs> so you know, and the other thing is is um. When you start lowballing prices, it's either you need cash mm-hmm. or you need work. Which one is? Or you may need both. Need both, yeah. Depending so, on the time, depending on the time of year. If you're going into spring, dude, uh, you're like me. You're up here in the north where you could. If we can start by April first, great. Maybe a little bit in March, great. Um, maybe it's the second week in April. Um, you could be, and if winter comes early, I think two years ago, I think we didn't work in, we ended about Thanksgiving, dude, it went all the way to April 1st until we started to work again. And wow. if you're not prepared for that, um, dude, winters get long and snowstorms linger on and then followed up by rain, you could be strapped for cash come spring. Um, and you need that influx of cash flow, which, you know, low balling helps with that. Yeah. Well, it also, it helps with employee retention, yeah. you know? Um, you know, by keeping employees working, you can maintain their loyalty. What else? You you can prevent the need to lay off workers during the slow periods. But there's a whole lot of cons to it, to, to those pros. You know, before you decide, hey, I need to lowball my work to keep things flowing, really all you're doing is is taking money from the customer putting it in your checking account and then taking it right back out and giving it to somebody else. Right. And you still got the same damn checking account. You're just moving a bunch of shit around. Yep. And and you're taking and probably skimming a little bit off the top. You're not, you're not running a business at that point. You're not. So I got the, I got to sitting here going, what are the immediate effects? All right. There's two, but then I came up with like seven or eight, uh, different, um, Long-term effects. Right. You know, so you're looking at four to two ratio there. It's <laughs> crazy. Think about that, man. On when it comes to the long-term effects. Um, what do you think is one of the first long-term effects, Dan? Uh, obviously, well, you have it on here, like reduced profit margins, but financial strain. Um, I well, don't know. Dan, when I said the first one, you probably should have said Reduced profit Reduced margins. Profit okay. <laughs> well, I'm not used to. Uh, it's, it's okay, man. It's 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 your first time being on camera, and I know you're a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and going back real quick, Dan, that immediate effects, or I guess um, a pro, you know, employee retention, um, dude. That's just to ease tension too, to keep guys busy when guys aren't busy and the weather's nice. Um, usually they have, they're like, Hey, what's going on here? Um, do I need to be looking for another job? Other work? You know what I'm saying? So, well, and you might, and you might not want to lose some key guys. You know what I'm saying? They are really good guys. And you're like, man, I don't want to lose these guys. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you what I do, man. I don't low ball. I just start cutting the dead weight. Hey, Hey, you called in five times in the last two months. Hey, you're late at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you're not a team player. Boom, go. 
that you got you got stuff to do on every Monday, every Friday. You got all that you I can't change this, can't change that. Um, yeah, it's that dead weight, dude. Again, I can go back to my my dear days, dude. They took what you needed to run an apartment and they slashed it by 10 to 20 percent because everybody has 10 or 20 percent left more to give. Uh-huh. So that that was there, and dude, they ran lean. It was lean on everything, and that's well, kind of how we do it here. So you know, and then you know that guy that doesn't communicate. He doesn't let you know that he's not coming in until yep. we start at six thirty, and he's calling at six forty-five. Hey, I'm not coming in. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys you start letting go. Start cutting that fat, and keep the guys that you need. Don't lower your prices. A hundred percent. You know, but uh. For the long-term effects, you know, the very first thing is 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 a reduced profit margin, right? And that's not good, <laughs> right? You know, because selling at low, lower prices means the business earns less profit on every fence installation, which can hinder the long-term growth and sustainability mm. of the business. Hey, I kind of threw that in there. I see what you did. I'm quick on my feet, buddy. So um, having that reduced profit margin is a problem because, and I think that's number one, because that's the the the, the margin is what drives everything. Correct. So if you're going to go ahead and start dropping your margins, you can because everything else stays the same. Your, your material cost stays the same. Your, your labor stays the same. You know, all that stuff is staying the same. We're going to talk about alternative ways to, to, to not lowball, and some of the things that we're talking about, material costs and, and so forth, is going to be part of that. But right now, you know, we're discussing the long term effects. So then, what happens is, right? We got reduced profit margin. We got less money coming in. Everybody's still getting paid the same. We got less. Uh, less money coming in. So now we, we got a financial strain. So when you got less money coming in and now you get shit happens, like a truck breaks down or tire goes out on a, on, on a, uh, on a trail or a truck or uh, the mini skidster goes bad and it goes down. Right. Or nowadays it's the, the, the driver breaks and you got to drop another three, 4,000 on a driver, you know, uh, um, a damn little beaver blows up. That's five fucking grand right there. Boom. Yep. It, and it can also be, it's like the, th- the, the little things though, too, like the, the death of a thousand paper cuts. What if a nail gun goes down today, tomorrow, the impact went down the next day, the saws I went down, then right. you hit a flat tire. You can just go on and on and on and on. And that's just as bad as a, a big, you know, a pounder goes down and got an overnight, a, a $4,000 us hammer, dude, you know, I can rattle up a thousand dollars right now in the, in the last couple of weeks of just random shit that just happens that you're just flushing money down the toilet. It feels like you want to hear some random shit that happened to me yesterday, yeah. which you already know. Oh. You know <laughs> I sent it to you and Nathan in our group group uh, text. So, you know, we got these four by eight signs out in, in strategic locations around the parish. And uh, the guy that I'm renting it from. I made a deal with him that he can't have any other fence companies. So what does he do? He goes out and gets an AC guy and he goes out and gets a lawn care guy. And then we got the pharmacy. And so my sign's now lost. So I'm like, screw that. 
So I went ahead and made five by 10 signs and covered up my old sign. So now my sign is the, I made the bottom match up everybody else's, but now my sign sticks up higher. It's bigger. You can see it. And, um, I had the guys move one sign, get it out of the clutter. Cause it was like nine people in a row. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I'm getting over here by myself. So I drive by it yesterday, driving home. I'm going to go check out these signs. I drive by. There's a $50 uh, Warner uh, step stool. You know, the aluminum step stools, they're about three foot wide. Like the planks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a $50 one sitting there with a $200 impact gun, DeWalt impact, and a $250 battery sitting on top, on side the fucking road, bro. <laughs> that was a five, that was 500 bucks sitting on side the road. So and imagine. Lost, and, and lost productivity when they go to use it, right? Yeah, because if I wouldn't have went and seen it, then they would have got on a job. And I don't know where my impact is. Oh, man, I'm a battery short. I don't know where my step hey, stool is. Uh, Dan or Dylan, we're out here. We need this stool on this eight-foot ladder. We don't got it. Can you bring us one? Dude, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. them before. Exactly, man. So, you know, that's a uh, – th- th- those little things like that, they can eat you up if you re- if you reduce your profit margin. And now you're in financial strain, which means you don't really have the money to spend on that because you're banking on everything going perfect just so you can keep everybody busy. Right. You know, um, you know, continuously selling at low prices creates a financial strain on the business, making it challenging to invest in growth opportunities. Um, you know, your equipment upgrades. And, and guess what? Marketing. Mm-hmm. I had a fence company hit me up the other day, wants to know if we sub. I'm like, yes, we do. We take subs. Well, he moved from Homa to Slidell. He hasn't done any marketing. And I'm assuming it's because he doesn't have the money to. That's why he's a fence company calling me, which I get it, man. You know, so, yeah, you try to help the guy out and hopefully have him help me out at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens when a customer is getting a sixty-four hundred dollar price and a six thousand dollar price, and then you're at forty-five hundred. What happens? What dude, happens that, then, dude? That's a red flag to me. Red flag. If I'm if I'm in uh, New Orleans, I'm looking for a fence. I'm looking for look at the Google reviews. So who has the highest reviews on it? It's just that is just normal. Now in my generation, that's what I do. Um, well, you know, yeah, Dan. That but, every customer isn't as smart as you. Well, um, dude, I don't know. The I, <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and uh, long story short, so the son was saying that the dad was like, "How do you know this is even good?" And the son's like, "Why? Well, I, I Google the Google reviews were really good on it, Dad." It was what the son said. It was so funny, <laughs> um, but dude. That's I don't know, but yeah, quality perception, in my opinion, that throws red flags. Um, now, I'm in a small area, Dan, so like my garage is being built. I knew who I wanted it. I don't need to shop around. I know he's going to get give me a fair price, and I know construction a little bit, so I know what's fair and what's not. Um, but I don't want anyone on my property that I don't trust. So um, when if you're throwing me at a uh, you know a $1,900 difference on a fence that Dan Blanc priced out, and now he's coming at $1,900, dude, that's a red flag all day long. But 
Again, well, yeah. Be, I mean, people people perceive the now. Well, what about the quality? Now you do have those customers out there. Hey, I just need a fence. I need yep. to keep Fido in the yard. I could give a rat's ass if the post is thirty inches deep or twenty four inches deep. Just give me a fence and let's solve the problem at hand and move on. Mm-hmm. We have those customers, and I get it. But what happens is, is now you're given that perception of quality. Customers start associating lower prices with lower quality. Right which starts impacting your company's reputation and, and it's making it difficult to compete on value and service. You know, how are you going to compete on service if you don't have the money to service? Cause it takes money to service people. Mm-hmm. It takes money to com- actually compete. Lowballing is a, a cheap way of competing, mm-hmm. you know? So, now the customer's going, well, you know, yeah, well, hey, and look, I've had it. You know, only paid a thousand dollars for it. It's not like I thought it was gonna last, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. You know, or somebody who goes and you know, you start buying buying tools that are inferior to other tools. Well, you know, it's not like I bought a, a Hilti, you know, it's not right. like I bought the Husqvarna um um uh, Cordrell. I bought the one off of Amazon. I figured it would just get me by. So then that's what people start perceiving your brand, your company name, and your business as. So that is a long-term effect that's that's difficult, man. And, and you know, and, and another one that um, came to mind was, you know, the la- lack of investment in the business. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to invest in your business now? Because Yes, you might be lowballing and you might be cheaper and you might be getting more work and having just cash flow going in and coming right going coming in and going right back out. But you know, you can't invest in your business to grow so you can eventually make money. What Dan, what's your um a, a, what do you have to say to a guy that that says something like this? Because this is what what I hear a lot is, well, my truck's paid off. You know, that that dingo I bought was like five years old, so I could pay cash for it. It was 10 grand out the door. Made a deal with a dude off Facebook or something like that. What do you say? And, and I work out of my my in-laws uh, farm. They let me go out there and put all my material in my skid loader. What do you say to guys like that? Well, that, you know, I, reasoning for cheaper prices. So here's the thing, man. I was talking to a guy in my area and he was selling at a margin of 46 Okay, him and I were going back with some numbers. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, how you want to get out the field, right? Yeah. How much is it going to cost you to pay someone to take your place? You should be figuring that in your budget now and in your pricing now, so then you can afford him. And if you did that, you wouldn't be selling at a 46. You don't have a growth mindset now. If you're okay and you want to do it like you're doing for the rest of your life, great. But you're not going to grow and you're not going to get to where you need to be. Or if you are totally fine where you're at, raise your margins, make all the money, pocket it, put it in a Roth IRA. I don't know, buy stocks, whatever. But you, retire you, early. <laughs> you got to grow somewhere. Yeah. Yep. You know, so, um, uh, you know, it, you start lacking uh, investment in the business. No, the focus, of the, the, the focus on simply covering expenses 
you know, might prevent the business from investing in training, right? Or improvements that can enhance things for the long term. I mean, listen to all the cons that go against being the low ball on a price just to get work because work is slow instead of doing other things. Let alone all these add up to just an immense amount of stress, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I was just talking to someone who has a restaurant uh, or a friend of a friend who has a restaurant. And he, guy had a heart attack. Business has been down three weeks. It was too much. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. And I'm like, dude, it's just that's a part of running a business. Like you got to run it, run it right. Um, and these are all things that, you know, that help with it. So, well, the other thing too is, is, um, once you, uh, once that happens, then the next thing comes, well, I can't pay my bills. I can't do this. So, so what do we got to do now? What's the next step, Dan? Got to raise prices. Well, how difficult is it going to be raising prices once you're known as affordable fence? Exactly. Yeah. Affordable. <laughs> and, uh, the other you know? thing. The other thing, Dan, is like you're in a different mindset when you're going in there trying to be cheap as cheapest. It's hard mentally. I don't care who you are. Um, we went through this. It was it's hard mentally to charge more because you're like, man, like, should I? Like, is it worth it? Am I ripping this person off? When it's a mindset of you, hey, I got things to pay for. I got growth. I don't lay my guys off. These are all reasons why I have to charge these prices. Yeah. So uh, when I was talking to this guy about raising his margins. You know what he said to me? Well, I wouldn't get any work if I sold it at that. I said, listen to what you just said. I told him, I'm selling at this margin. Well, I wouldn't get any work. Okay, who's damn near the biggest fence guy around? Me and one other company. And I'm selling at that margin. And I got work. And I'm running two more crews than you are. You can get business at this price. You know, mm -hmm. don't tell me you wouldn't get any work. You will, because I'm doing it every day. It, it's a comfort thing, too, Dan, where, like, um, I talked to Shane Canton last year, and he's like, man, I did so much less jobs. We touched so many so many fewer jobs last year or this year or whatever, but we made so much more money. Yeah, and he said he touched 186 less jobs and put, like, a million more in the books. Dude, that's great. <laughs> but the thing is, like – but he's offering a better uh, experience too, right? To them customers. So yeah. they, he can dedicate more time to them, um, be a little bit more thorough instead of like, hey, I need to bang it out, bang it out, bang it out to make some money to keep this cash train going because I'm tight all the time. Where he has a little bit, you know, built up where he can take the time, go the extra mile. His guys can take a little bit, another hour on the job because he can afford to. Well, you know, the other thing too with Shane Catton. I call him Shane Miller Light Drinking Cat. You know, he co-hosts here on the show, so he's got a lot of inside information on how to run a business the best way that you can run it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call him make it happen. Shane, make it happen, Cat is what yeah. I call him. So, I call it, dude, wait till you see what I, I got for Fetch Show. It's going to be so awesome. Anyway. I, I hope you have like little bobbleheads of Shane Canton holding a Miller Lite, dude. How funny would that be? Yeah, with a, <laughs> uh, but an extra large Miller Lite in his hand. <laughs> yeah, be shaking out of it. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> be like the Michael J. Fox of fencing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, man, have you seen that movie on uh, about Michael J. Fox on Apple TV? 
It's called Still, ironically, S-T-I-L-L. Talk about an amazing job that they did on that and learning the insides of what happened with him. Talk about just, yeah, amazing, amazing story. Go check it out. So now you can't raise prices, right? Because mm-hmm. lower prices, what do they do? They attract customers who are slowly motivated by price. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens to those customers? They don't, they're not loyal customers because when they actually start making a little bit of money and can afford nicer things, guess who they're not calling? Yep. They're not calling you, right? Well, those and, uh, your your past customers, dude. Those those customers when they're at a barbecue when they have a friend or a family member looking for f- friends, dude. That that they're talking to like minded people, so they want the cheap guy. They want the cheap guy. You're never you're in a you're you're going to be in a rut, dude. That's so hard to get out of. Definitely. So basically, you're attracting price sensitive customers. Correct. You know, and guess what happens with price uh, sense and, uh, sensitive uh, customers? Dan, you said it uh, yesterday when we were talking. Your fifty percent deposit is less mm-hmm. because the job is less, so you got less on the front end. And then when they don't pay or can't pay the back end, it's a lose lose. Yeah. Yep. Dude, you know. It, it tracking money down from price sensitive customers is the worst is the worst dude um and i've we've had that experience we'll go through a lawsuit right now on one of them which will probably not not get any or it will break even or it'll linger on forever i don't know um but it's just one of those things dude like um well, like it makes it it makes it harder to, to establish a, a customer base correct yep. you know and then this is probably the kicker. This is the number one, even though it's last on the list. It's the number one reason, man. It, it imp- the impact on competitors, mm-hmm. and not just competitors, but the market, because now the whole market's been disrupted. Yep. So guys like me and and guys like you, now we got to suffer through it and get the market built back up. To where it needs to be because one guy, and usually when it happens, it's not just one guy. It's a pocket of them because they're trying to hold on to their businesses. Mm-hmm. They just make it harder for the rest of us. And they and they ruin the market, you know, because when you start when you start engaging in a price war with competitors, it leads it leads to an unhealthy market environment. It does. It affects profitability and uh, the the viability of, of, of all the companies involved. Mm-hmm. The, dude, the, the other thing, like when you kind of talk about employee retention on the first part, is like your, your, your team member is going to want more money every year, like the good ones. If you're lucky enough to have good ones, they're going to want more money every year. Where is that money coming from? When you're already... Mm-hmm running it tight you aren't going to be able to grow it just it's not going to happen like it's so important and i think you guys had a pot you and canon had a podcast in the very beginning was it with mark olson or was it uh when it was like profitability is not a four-letter word or something like that remember that uh yeah that was a long time ago man. long long time ago back when your audio sucked but yeah, yeah that's a true it's true though dude it's not a four-letter word people are scared of it how do how do you think Home Depot got to where Home Depot is and some of these other successful 
uh, companies. Um, it's just not a four letter word. You have to have it to have everything. Yeah. So, uh, but there's some alternatives that you can do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that in part two, man, because this is a phone call. We don't want to take this too long, but uh, there's some alternatives. And uh, you think you can come back next week and we can talk about that? Do same place, same time. Same place, same time. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to be wearing those horrible sunglasses with the hat on backwards where we can see you receding hairline? I have to wear my hat backwards. My head's so wide that pinches my head. Does it really? Yeah, um, I had some big head hats, but Sandy threw them away because I got all grungy and stuff. So, oh, Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. What, what is? Yeah, what is that? It seemed like oh, that right there. That, yeah, that that big red thing. That big, that big red thing. That's a straightaway. Uh, probably the first um, Mr. Fence tool ever to come out of uh mr fence tools not blue so that's red and I, if you can see up there way up there where's my finger it looks like it looks it's, like there's some type of uh logo or something up there what is that yeah that's uh the fence industry podcast with the <coughs> and <coughs> if you look uh you can't see but sean king signed it too so this oh is he did a, yeah that's just like a trophy thing i'm gonna put it on the i call it my fence shelf with all my special fence stuff well, uh, all right. So is that going to be like the shelf? You're going to make it the shelf where you can hang things on it? No, I'll just uh, put You know what I would do, bro? I would do a piece of wood for a shelf and then take the straightaway and slide it on there and attach it so it's the edge of the shelf. I'm dr- knocking over my mic over here trying to show him what I want him to do. But that's yeah. what I would do, bro. That would be dope. Yeah, I'm going to do something like that. But uh, did you get your purple one? Did they come out with the? I don't have purple. Well, okay. What am I? I'm not Magnolia Fence. <laughs> Robert Whitaker. What do we all wish we were? <laughs> yeah, really, really. The dude's amazing, huh? Yes, he is. I love Robert. Well, look, man. I've had enough of you for uh, one day. I will. Uh, I'll give you a shout next week. And dude, you need to study up on your uh, list, there, man. Okay. We're going to be talking about the alternatives to consider instead of lowballing your pricing and having all these negative effects to your business. That's what we're going to be talking about. Good to meet Hey, guys. So, hey, we appreciate y'all being here, and uh, keep on fencing. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.